Well, good morning, Central Vineyard. I'm here with Daniel, and uh, really excited to be with you today. Uh, we're continuing on in our series on Galatians, but kind of in an interesting way. We've been spending a ton of time on Galatians 2.20 because it basically has this ancient world mic drop that says, the life I live in the body, I live by faith. And where we gloss past that, it's pretty revolutionary for that time. Faith or spiritual beliefs were often held separate for your day to day. Uh, oftentimes there wasn't even like, uh, so therefore live this way component. There was appeasement, but there wasn't like, yeah, this will save your marriage or something like that. But um, specifically, we've also been going back and forth with the gospels because Paul is basically giving us commentary and application to how we live out the gospels. And a lot of people like to put them in opposition, but we've got tremendous good news. And uh, maybe you can say a few words about this, about what's happened with One Good Home, and then I'll share some more and we'll just kind of go back and forth and we probably will interrupt each other, but we just want to keep it real for you guys. Um, yeah, so we're working closely with Chris on refugee resettlement. Chris um, stands for? Uh, the <laughs> Chris stands for Community, Refugee, and Immigration Services. And we are working with Chris on uh, refugee resettlement. One of their uh, most urgent needs is actually housing uh, and just getting um, suitable housing that meets all of the needs of uh, the people who are settling. Uh, where they're willing to house the size of the families um, and everything like that. Erica Crawford, who at one time was, led our children's ministry when her husband was a pastor at our church, mm -hmm. and they ended up uh, moving a little far away, but she has uh, uh, moved to work for this, and so she's one of our liaisons. So we've got this, God's like dropped us this ready-made, deeply trusting relationship where she knows where what we're all about, and specifically when dealing with super vulnerable uh, populations like refugees, most of which have been through trauma, partnership is very cautious, but we've kind of become fast friends because of the way that was set up, which I love. God never tells a boring story. Um, also, with the One Good Home Ministries, you guys know it started out as uh, helping uh, immigrants who had been struggling to find housing. How would you describe the the uh, initial focus? Yeah, so we've always been focused on um, uh, catching people who are falling through the cracks in the existing housing system in Columbus. There's there's just a there's a whole network of people who do so much around housing in this city, um, and there's always some areas where you know the the system hasn't caught up with the needs. So we're niche, and, and so and so we uh, we've always been looking for um, cases where there's a niche that we can fill that hasn't been filled yet, um, and what we've um, found is I think the the best niche for what we have there um, are people who, because of um, migration issues, uh, just a wide variety of them, um, who need um, ongoing stable housing um, and community and support, and uh, and that's what we do with the One Good Home property. Um, and then the new property that we're acquiring is going to meet uh, another area of need, which is um, housing. Uh, new incoming refugees in, in collaboration with Chris. What I love about this is when we talk about embodied faith, the life I live in the body, I live by faith. Well, the faithfulness of Jesus in our faith in Jesus, I don't think 
can be better demonstrated than aiming that towards God's favorites, the fatherless, the widow, the alien or newcomer and the stranger. The fatherless, widow, alien, stranger uh, get referenced more than any other people group. And within Judaism, that phrase indicated everyone who was vulnerable. So people with, uh, who, with uh, cognitive challenges or severe physical disabilities would have been considered in that um, group of people. But this sometimes people are tempted to see it, uh, following Christ as a, as a pie chart and there's a priority for each slice. Like this is evangelism, this is discipleship, this is study, this is social justice. And guys, if we're gonna embody faith, just Jesus wants the whole pie. We don't need to section it out. And then he'll share the pieces as he sees fit. And evangelism is discipleship, is social justice, is study. You can't separate living in the story of Jesus from enacting the story of Jesus. So one thing I wanted to say about that is getting proximate. Mm -hmm. The first step of engaging suffering is to get proximate to Jesus and get proximate to the vulnerable, while we too are vulnerable. And you can't really have one without the other. And that means relationship. We, we said, you know, when it comes to feeding people, the idea is, do we break bread with or do we throw food at? And what I've most enjoyed about One Good Home is, One Good Home is not we're only gonna have one house. One Good Home is that for people in transition, One Good Home experience, surrounded by a loving community, can set them in an entirely new direction in our life. And one good home can make all the difference. And the element of a good home is hospitality. And the God of all hospitality is Jesus, is exactly like Jesus. And what I've noticed is uh, I don't really think of statistics of homelessness or immigration statistics. I think of the names of people who are now part of my family and my circle. And being able to see people successfully move from a uh, uh, tremendously difficult status to finding asylum, mm -hmm. being recognized, finding jobs, and thriving. And watching that, it's like, is there greater? I mean, there's, there's nothing more fun than that. And with this, um, what's been concerning, a lot of you know, a lot of you've had your rents go way up. Or thought, I want to buy a house, and you just thought, well, a year ago, it would have been so much less. We've got the issue, with, there's been a long-term housing shortage in the city of Columbus. I don't really know about the burbs or the boroughs, but the city of Columbus. Part of that is people can make a lot more money renting out their homes to Airbnb than to a family. So rents have gone up significantly there. And in addition, uh, with this announcement of Intel, which is gonna bring a lot of great jobs to the city, but now the housing market is on fire in Newark for jobs, you know, that pro where property could have, uh, was freely available, not freely available, but widely available, it's contracting. And by God's grace, we were able to get in contract for a second house in, uh, Daniel, I just wanna thank you and Cindy, and Katie, and Carl, and our other peeps have been working hard on this, is these guys have been 24 7 like the text threads alone to get this done, and God provides us a house. But one of the reasons why this is so critical for us, if we're gonna be the people of God to do this,
is the other thing that's preventing people from hiding, finding housing is bias against people who don't look like the landlords or the agencies. And it's basically, uh, you know, racism and specifically fear of uh, people coming from predominantly Muslim nations. Today, we wanted to give you kind of the details of what's going on. We wanted to invite you to participate relationally, prayerfully, mm -hmm. uh, offer your ideas and your ingenuity, and also what would it look like if our entire church didn't, uh, didn't change our generosity budget, but we expanded our generosity budget to take advantage of current opportunities. Um, and this is this goes hand in hand. And what was at stake in Galatians was the people that were trying to get the Galatian believers to conform to their culture through adult circumcision and other things. There's no mention of them trying to get people to become generous towards the poor. It was all about take on my culture when Paul wants us to take on the Holy Spirit, who is the Spirit of Jesus, who creates generous people. So tell us kind of the lay of the land with uh, this scenario right now, and then we can read some Bible verses to people. Yeah, sure. So there's um, there's two ways that we're engaging with Chris, uh, the Community Refugee and Immigration Services Organization. Uh, and it's awesome to be partnering with them on both levels because it gives us an opportunity to share our relationships uh, and to share our treasure. Um, and so um, the first one is they have uh, welcome teams. We had a training last week and it was just awesome. And it, it was, they, they give you so much insight into uh, what's happening with immigration in the country, how to um, support and care for um, and uh, just be faithful to Jesus in our understanding, right? To be faithful to Jesus in how we show up for them, just sharing uh, love and kindness with them. Um, and so uh, Michelle Gibbons is running point on that team. Um, oh, and... she's like a seasoned pro at this type of stuff. <laughs> yes. Oh. Um, Go Gibbons! And uh, there will be more training opportunities going forward as well if you missed that last one, and we will be sharing uh, the knowledge we've gained there. And it's just, it's simple stuff, right? It's it's uh, helping make sure there's food there for the family at first as they're just getting settled in. It's uh, basic cultural competency training so that you're respecting culture and understanding, you know, where sometimes there might be uh, miscommunication based on assumptions and where we can enter into that respect. Yeah. Wow, I'm just thinking of every church has their superpowers, yeah. right? All churches make up the greater body of Christ. Mm -hmm. And one of the superpowers of Central Vineyard is enjoying food from every tribe, <laughs> tongue, and nation. And the cooks we have in our church. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we've been able to take newcomers and then give them tours of grocery stores that have the exact ingredients they're looking for that they didn't know were available in Columbus. Yeah. And so you guys, can I just say, are the masters at cross-cultural welcome. And the other thing is we're a relational church. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of coded language to say we don't have an organized way of doing everything. But with love and friendship, we can accomplish anything. Yeah. And one of those things is there's a lot of ad hoc needs. Like we were impromptu moving company. This bumped me. And one thing I've had experience in doing is for 25 years... When I've been doing my church community and my friend community are transient people moving from apartment to apartment in this area. So I've probably, I've actually moved multiple people into the same rental property 
at times, and we had a urgent need to move in furniture yeah. on OSU campus, and we happened to, I had my truck, and we were a few minutes away, and we literally got to go there and move them in, and that's what relationship, when we have friendship with an organization, even though they're super organized, this isn't bureaucratic involvement. This is friendship and partnership, which is really the only way yeah. at Central Vineyard we're able to work effectively anyway. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And so that's the first one. And I think, um, and so that's giving yourself, right? And it takes time. But really what you're giving is your relationship and your friendship and your presence, which I think are just the most precious things that any of us have. Um, and then the other one is uh, is the money around the house. And so uh, people have been incredibly generous. We just had another generous gift Oh, wow. This week, week, you yeah. know who you are, you yeah. beautiful, generous person. Wow. I mean, the timing of that gift mm. was perfect. Yeah. It could not have been better. The literal day it came in, praise God. Um, yes, thank you so much to um, and everyone, everyone else as well. Given. Yeah, um, and so we still do have some additional needs with um, with the property, uh, getting air conditioning set up, um, a variety of other things, getting the house um, furnished, and uh, the one good home property also has just ongoing needs for the residents. Um, and so uh, we just got another uh, matching gift just this morning, right before uh, matching I got a chance to talk to you. So uh, by the end of February. Uh, they wanted to give uh, up to eleven thousand dollars. Eleven thousand. So if we get eleven thousand dollars, it's twenty-two thousand. Exactly. And uh, and they they noticed how generous the giving was at the end of last year and what a good position that put us in. And they wanted to help us get to twenty-two thousand for twenty-two. Yeah. Um, and, and I think is, that would actually put us in a really good position with um, all of the needs that we're currently facing. And this this matching gift is actually outside of our church immediate family. Yeah. Right. Yep. So. This idea that you guys personally have been so generous that's inspired people outside of our week-to-week -week group of folks that want to partner with us. And I've seen this happen in so many ways. Um, you guys, you know, part of our story you know, as, as a church, we're married to the Ministry of Asia's Hope Cambodia. We got to be the laboratory where we collaborated with John and the folks at Asia's Hope to develop a whole new model of how to do family style orphan care. Yeah. And now the amount of churches and organizations that have partnered with us, and we jokingly said, but it's true, if, well, if Central Vineyard can do it, anyone can do it because they just do everything relationally. Mm -hmm. And that's come to pass. And the hope is, and I know uh, talking to Erica and the folks at Chris is, there is such a desperate need that if we can be faithful in this, then any other group of people can just emulate our model. In fact, I was talking to someone part of another church downtown yeah. and just kind of sharing what we were going to talk about today. And uh, she was like, oh, please uh, send us the link uh, to your, uh, your, your service. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to share it with everyone because I think our church could do something like that. So this is a contagious story. Yeah. Um, but part of this also is, guys, we're not, we are beautifying these houses. We're landscaping these houses. These how we are rolling out the red carpet because, well, let's just read some Bible here. Um, I, I, I just, I, I tried to like cut down the amount of verses that talk about this because we'll be here uh, for a few weeks straight. 
But uh, the whole story of Jesus' followers is also the story of Abraham and the children of Israel. And that is God's redemptive plan for humankind took someone who was a citizen and a landowner and becomes a nomad with no land and no membership, a tribe unto himself. And it, it, talk about downwardly mobile. And this, this man has a son who has a son who has 12 sons. If you've seen Joseph in the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat or the last bit of Genesis, you know what I'm talking about. And eventually through a ton of events is this whole nation becomes, uh, finds asylum in Egypt and welcome. And for a generation, it's a picture of God's grace. It literally saves this set of tribes or sons from extinction. But then the tide turns and these guys are enslaved. You get the Moses story. And then they're set free by the intervention of God. And for that time, they're stateless, wandering people. And when they finally receive the land that had been promised over and over and over, well, straight off, straight from the mountaintop experience, Deuteronomy 10, 19, you shall also love the stranger, stranger, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. Notice how that's not really esoteric or deep, or we don't need to break a dictionary or a commentary. Let me read you this again, because you should also love the stranger, for you were strangers. Okay, Leviticus, the alien who resides with you shall be to you as a citizen among you. Notice how treat aliens, meaning, you know, non-citizens, exactly like their citizens. Mm. Um, the healthiest streams of Christianity have interpreted this to mean anyone who's in your midst that isn't recognized by the greater society, you recognize because we live according to God as king. And uh, then it gets, it gets pretty rough here. Uh, Deuteronomy 27, 19. Cursed is anyone who withholds justice from the foreigner. Wait, What's justice from the, for the foreigner? Go back to Leviticus. Justice to the foreigner is treating foreigners in our midst who are strangers or aliens preemptively as full citizens. And cursed is anyone who withholds justice from the foreigner, the fatherless, and the widow. Specifically, the Buckley's beautiful work in Tanzania, uh, starting, uh, pastoring a church alongside a coffee roasting business that employed widows who were vulnerable to being trafficked, becoming a business leaders in their community who were supporting the work of Christ through becoming coffee roasters and farmers. So that's an odd, in, when you drink coffee, when we gather together on Sunday, we're drinking coffee that is the fruit of that labor for the widow. So fatherless widow and with one good home, the alien and the stranger. Mm. And all these things are very niche focused deals. Mm. What is church? We worship God, love one another. We get close enough where we have to forgive each other often. And you have such a relationship where it is imperative that we cut each other slack. Mm -hmm. So get close enough where you will annoy people. <laughs> and care for the fatherless, the widow, the alien stranger, proclaiming the gospel. What is the gospel? Well, the reason we do this is because Jesus Christ, through his victory on the cross, his, his victory that was not 
a being a recipient of violence, but not a giver of violence, defeated violence when he, on the third day, Jesus came back. So as followers of the forceful, nonviolent God who is non-coercive relationally, I mean, I'm using all these paradoxes because, well, it's a Bible like, uh, John says in Revelation, Behold, the lion of the tribe of Israel. And, and I look and saw a little lamb. He says, gotcha. No, the gotcha part isn't in there. Adrian and I, we're reading John. And just really quickly, the woman at the well. It was culturally the norm for uh, Jewish people to, when they were going across their nation, you would go through Samaria, which was uh, basically a group of Jewish people that intermarried with another culture. And they ended up hating each other. And so you would actually take the outer belt Never go through the city when you went to Sinet area uh, because they would not even interact with him. They were considered unclean. They didn't. They were excluded from worship in the Jewish temple where even Romans could worship. But the Samaritans were excluded, so they started their own religion, essentially. Jesus goes straight through, and he goes to the well. He hangs out where all the real, the dirt under the fingernails, hardworking class people are, and there's a woman there. And, you know... And casually, men and women did not interact in the ancient Near East. So Jesus starts up a conversation with a woman. Mm -hmm. Woman is actually someone who, according to Jewish law, would have been in deep trouble because uh, she slept around and had lived with a number of guys. All right. And then she's and here she is standing at a well, which is like the classic romance novel intro. Yeah. Right. The and then Jesus, she's like, uh, okay, dude. Number one, I'm a Samaritan. You're not supposed to like me. Number two, I'm a woman. Why are you talking to me? Uh, and G he goes, well, Jesus basically read her mail and said, well, you, you've been married a lot of times, and now you're living with a guy. You're not married to him. But a lot of times when people read that passage, they read Jesus as saying, you have been this and this. But what we know from this passage is Jesus told her things that he knew about her through the Holy Spirit. And she did not get combative, and she did not leave. In in a honor slash slash shame based culture, whatever he said made her want to interact with him more. Mm. So the gentleness of Jesus calling out these things somehow Jesus and I'm not there personally. Jesus was able to bring up her greatest shame in a way that she did not feel shamed at all. Mm. Oh Lord, give us that. So Jesus automatically is the walking safe space even where someone from a different people group. You are my safe place. And this idea is the Samaritans are kind of like the equivalent uh, it, it, to us as uh, Christians, it would be Muslim peoples. Mm. You know, we both believe in one God. Mm. We have very different beliefs on the other elements of that and how that works out relationally mm. to the point where a lot of people who claim loyalty to Jesus have uh, articulate that they don't really love or they have fear of Muslim peoples. And we follow a savior that went to an equivalent people group and ate with them, spoke hope to them to the point where this woman who would keep her distance from a lot of people could not stop going to people to tell them about Jesus. She's essentially the first super evangelist yeah. In the Gospel of John, and the radical, inclusive nature of God. So if we're going to follow that Jesus, not whatever 
uh, you know, American talk radio and TV Jesus, but we're going to follow the Jesus we read about. Yeah. What better way to welcome the people of the book from Afghanistan and surprise people with desire for relationship and breaking of bread. And if you want, if you feel far from Jesus, the best thing to do is to go where he hangs out. Mm. And Jesus hangs around the vulnerable, the homeless, the fatherless, the widow, the alien stranger. If you feel distant from God, maybe, uh, I know when I've been distant from God, a big component of that is I'm not hanging out with those people. Mm. So bottom line is if we're going to be embodied, if we're going to be faithful living in our body, embodied faith is faith that crosses boundaries, faith that expresses hospitality, and faith that is fully relationally, uh, schedulely, financially, got skin in the game. And we've already got skin in the game, and we want all of you to be invited to get further skin in the game.